Jack O'Connor said, don't ever read a paper. You're kind of thinking, why did he say that? Or what did he mean by that? Or does he rate him higher than me? It opens up something that you do not want opened. You the have only to be thing intercounty players should be looking at or listening to is the football podcast. <laughs> Wherever you get your podcasts. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Now midway through the second half in this evening's game in the Premier League the new leaders of the league this evening will be Arsenal they continue to lead Chelsea by three goals to one Mudrick had just come on uh, to play for Chelsea against the team he potentially could have joined in January a very rare start for Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang for Chelsea this evening uh, but Mudrick has come on now on the left wing uh, Football here on Off the Ball is with thanks to Sky watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sport we were talking about Everton being in big trouble with Dominic King a little bit earlier on uh, Leeds are finding it out at the bottom of the table as well and potentially it could be Sam Allardyce a man who's only been relegated once in his career that could be coming in to save the ship for the last four games of the season delighted to say that Adam Pope from BBC Sport is with us Adam good evening to you Hi Will This is um, quite the story isn't it we were kind of talking about this in the office earlier how quickly things seem to have moved at Leeds today and a reasonable source, given how close he is to Sam Allardyce and Richard Keyes, uh, confirming this morning that, you know, welcome back to the Premier League, Sam Allardyce. So it seems this is moving in that direction right now. Yeah, I think tomorrow I would expect it to be confirmed. Well, uh, clearly tonight, you know, it's sort of dragged on today, but there's no reason to suggest that it isn't going to happen. But I do agree. It's quite a... Uh, uh, yeah, I think it was an unusual uh, appointment. I didn't, wasn't expecting the name to come in. And that's because, Will, you think of where Leeds have gone from the Bielsa era. That, and he's something he keeps saying over the last sort of few few months, really, the evolution of the club has just tailed away. It hasn't happened. And now they are rolling the dice for the last time, you feel, and bringing in an experienced uh, head coach. But one that, let's be honest, uh, Everton fans weren't having him. Newcastle fans weren't having him. Um, and in the end, West Brom's last job, he went down. So, um, But I don't suppose uh, his thick skin will be bothered about any popularity contest, will do you? I think he's just here to come and uh, make this a race for the line over the last four games. And if he can do it, you've got to say, will it be a footballing miracle? I'd agree. I mean, maybe there's somewhat within the Leeds boardroom right now. They look at Roy Hodgson coming in at Crystal Palace and the upturn in results that they've had. It's effectively a case of stop shipping the goals at the moment, which have been Leeds' big problem over the last three or four fixtures, and just pick up enough points to stay above the teams who aren't picking up points at the moment in the Premier League. Yeah, those goals, well, that's 23 in April alone. Broke their own record of 20, didn't they? So it's been that bad, a couple of fours, a five, a six. You know, and then you know, Bournemouth at the weekend, I mean, shocking, really. You know, a chance to drag Bournemouth still back into the relegation, but they're clear now. So it's gone horribly wrong. Um, it, how does what my my question is this? You look round, you know, the other sides in the in the table. You look at what could have been a five-all draw last night between Leicester and Everton. You look at Forrest turning over Brighton, having not won since early February since against Leeds, and you suddenly see teams, you know, finding a bit of fight that Leeds have clearly been lacking lately. To be quite honest. How can he? How can he sort of resurrect that or ignite that from from a side that was, to be fair, playing pretty well prior to um, that disastrous half half second half against Crystal Palace? You know, having beaten Forest, that's the big big ask for me. Can you know? Can they do that? Um, I think he's coming into a different scenario than a, a Roy Hodgson. You know, Palace were in a better place in the table than, than Leeds were. They are. I mean, you do forget they are outside the bottom three, Will, mm. but. 
you know, there's so much at stake here. You've got an owner trying to preserve the value of the club before selling it on to the 49ers, as well as preserving, uh, preserving its status in the Premier League. And you talk as hundreds of millions of pounds here. So there's so much at stake. I don't think Sam's been in a position like this in his career, to be quite honest, Will, in terms of the severity of what he's facing. Yeah, it is unusual because generally when Sam Arlises come in as somebody to solve a problem at a club, minimum it's in the January window when he is time to reorganise, time to buy players. That's not the case. He has lead squad right now and he's got a few fixtures left to try and turn this around. Yeah, so he's working with, um, I mean, there's nothing that can change, as you say. We spoke earlier today to one of his former goalkeepers at uh, Bolton when he was there, you know, Matt Glennon. And don't forget, you know, Sam has dealt with some of the big, big names. I mean, obviously, he was, you know, it was a short lived for the Zingham Reign, but in terms of his Premier League stuff in the past with Bolton, you know, Akotcha, you know, he even had Rodrigo there at Bolton, who's now at Leeds again when he was a youngster. So he'll know how to handle the personalities and, and all that sort of stuff. But what he what he will do, and I know the start with Manchester City and Newcastle, he will make it very simple, I think, and, and say this is how we're playing, and there won't be any weird formations, there won't be any five at the back like we saw uh, at Bournemouth the other day. I think he'll make that really simple. And if you think about it, Will, because of the way that people are shipping points and not picking up points, or shipping goals and not picking up points, you know, it might be that in two games' time, despite facing two of the most formed sides in Europe, if not the world at the moment, in Man City and Newcastle, there may not be too much damage done other than to the goal difference. And the point situation might be such that they're still in touch with visits to West Ham and then at home to Spurs. So maybe that's how Sam is looking at this um, as, he, as he looks to come in. That Look, it won't be done in two games, but by the third game, that will be the real cup final. Um, and I suppose that's the hope you've got to cling on to at this stage. And he's always relished that idea of coming in, even digging in against teams and making it very difficult to play against them. Maybe he'll feel Man City might have half half an eye on the uh, Champions League fixtures which are coming up against Real Madrid. Jack Grealish with his social media post rather gave away that in the dressing room there's goal for the season and a picture of the Champions League trophy. So maybe he'll be hoping City just aren't 100% at it, maybe with team selection or with their application within the game itself. And Sam Allardyce will want to make Leeds very hard to break down. Yeah, absolutely that will. And I think you could actually make the same case scenario for West Ham in a few weeks' time when they're playing their Conference League, you know, two-legger um, against uh, Altmar. You're wondering if they've got themselves into a position where they might almost be safe, that it might be not too bad an opposition for Leeds to face. I just think this weekend it's almost impossible. I think the way City are, no matter how anybody sets up, they're going to roll them over. So it's damage limitation. It won't be won or lost this weekend in terms of his fight. Um, you have to say this as well. It, is a four-game dash. There's no question here, Will, of this being a long-term appointment regardless of the divisional status for Leeds. This is, and if you look at the Times today, I don't know if you saw their report, it's half a million quid for four games and a two and a half million pound bonus. That's what they're suggesting is the is the figure. So um richly rewarded whether you know he doesn't do the business or whether he does uh, pull off in an absolute masterstroke. So, yeah, it, it's a short-term expedient appointment. And let's be honest, well, who else were you going to turn to? Who would, if you're looking at people like Potter, Benitez, uh, etc., people who, who aren't in work but have a career left in the game, you feel, would they risk it on four games at Leeds at the moment, knowing that the odds are that there's a massive chance of going down? 
Yeah, I think Sam Allardyce is more practical than some of their managers. I think if for someone like Graham Potter particularly, his next appointment is important. He'll want that to be longer term and to try and bounce back from the Chelsea experience. Um, also, Victor Orta gone today as well. And from reading a bit about him, it seems that he had kind of gone back to really the Bielsa time. So this is uh, stripping away someone from the club. Was, was he a key member of the backroom team when uh, Bielsa was there? It was a lot of power, Will. He'd been there six years and his biggest success was when he was asked who should we go for in terms to get Leeds out of the Championship, who should we appoint, was to suggest Bielsa. So it was his vision to do that. It was delivered upon by the board with the chairman, Andrea Radrizzani, and, and those around him. So that was their biggest success. Um, he was responsible for recruitment um, and by its nature, Will, you, you know, you're not going to get everybody right. He had some big successes. Rafinha, um, for when he came in, did wonderfully well and, and helped carry the team on its back to salvation just last season alone. There have been some others as well, but there have been a lot of poor signings. And what's happened lately is that this guy who's had a lot of power at the club, you know, he's brought in the managers uh, and largely they haven't worked out, particularly since the Bielsa era. And he's brought them in and players like Jorginho Ruta, club record signing, doesn't get any minutes on the pitch, doesn't look up to life in the Premier League uh, at this stage. And then the John Kevin Augustin debacle where not only did they renege on a deal to buy him, which they now have to pay, I think it was 15 and a half million yeah. they've been told, they've now got to pay, it would appear, pending appeal, uh, £25 million in wages for a player that played 48 minutes for them. Those are the sorts of things that have come home to roost in the last sort of few weeks and months on top of some poor signings. Weston McKenney hasn't worked for them, Will, on loan from Juventus. And a lot of players don't... I, I've got to say this, they don't look like they're able to cope with life in a championship... Uh, sorry, in a Premier League dogfight. And do they know what it means to wear that shirt? And that's what they've been accused of uh, a lot. Of Not all of them, but, but some of them. And it's a horrible, toxic mix at the moment. And Victor... Because the board had to make a change, and they will do that. They'll, they'll announce Javi Grass is going, but they've also said, "Look, you know, you're going as well by mutual consent because your vision for keeping Javi doesn't fit with ours." It's always the danger too, isn't it, where you've got a sporting director who maybe buys the players that are tailored to a manager at the time. And I think back to a lot of those players coming in to play Jesse Marsh's style of football. And that was the idea of you know, the way the club was being built at the time. And then you have another change in management and now we see another change in management beyond that as well. Where some of those players who in theory look like really good players and they were very promising within the Bundesliga and I'm sure they were well scouted and well sourced before they came to the club. But not necessarily these young players you want coming in to be there when you're having a battle at the bottom of the table. Yeah, it's a great point, Will. And you look at the, look, the, the players that were sold, you've got your Athena and your Calvin Phillips, particularly last summer. But then, you know, a handful of players came in and you have to say that Tyler Adams has been a success, but he's been injured for a few months and won't, you won't see him back this season. He's been the big plus. Rasmus Christensen has struggled. Brendan Aronson has faded somewhat. Louis Sinistera looks a real talent, but has been so injury prone. You're not going to see him for the rest of the season. So some of them have fallen by the wayside in terms of injury. Others just haven't made it. And there's been too many turkeys, if you like, compared to, you know, landing the golden goose with some of these signings. And, and they've, you know, it's come home, come home to roost, I'm afraid. So, yeah. So now, as you say, you have a style of play that they went away from in Bielsa to like the Red Bull style, a narrow style without sort of using much width, which was frantic and chaotic and, and very frenetic. Players designed to do that. Manager goes. Some of the players get injured. Others arrive. 
don't really get what's been sold on the tin to them. And so they look all at sea. And this is the fourth change in manager there'll be this season or coach or coaching style. So, you know, how are they going to implement a philosophy going forward and how are they going to grow the club? Well, they're going to have to reset. In, in either division, they're going to have to reset, Will, now, mm. um, regardless of what happens over the next next four games. it's um, There's not one shred, Will, of what was left behind from the Bielsa era, you know, that great sort of time. And I know it ended badly and, and there's still a debate as to whether he should have gone or not. And... Um, but there's nothing left there. And I described it today as everybody fell back in love with, with football and, and Leeds United, if you like, those that weren't in love with it already, they've got the ick now. They just don't like it. Yeah. It feels incredibly different too. And look, this is maybe partly Bielsa as a character and the way that he kind of gets absorbed into the area that he moves into. But I remember a few years ago where Bielsa would be actively encouraging the Leeds fans to interact with, or sorry, the Leeds players to interact with the fans on the way out of games. And Bielsa himself was videoed a hundred times, uh, taking photographs with people, having a chat, as limited as English was at the time, having a chat with fans outside the stadiums. And then last week, that video emerges of the Leeds players effectively, you know, walking by supporters who'd waited to see them. In a way, it's kind of symbolic, is it? How things have moved on since Bielsa's time. Yeah, well, I think what happened there is whether, and you've always got to be careful about taking these things a little bit out of context because the the little lad that was mentioned there, Will, his family have come out and said, look, we had a great time and the players were lovely with us and that. But the players did apologise. So they have felt they'd done something wrong. And no matter what way you look at it, it wasn't just about one little boy. There was a load of fans stood there in that video and they weren't acknowledged in the way that they should have been or at least should have been. But I don't think it's as bad as how it's been portrayed. But it's symptomatic of how much people have now looked for things to beat the club with um, when, when things are going badly or they feel disassociated or divorced from it in many ways. And you're right, the... Bielsa, he never wanted to be the epicentre of everything, but he was because of the way they behaved and conducted himself and the values he has instilled. And sadly, that's just all dissipated and it's just all caved in and, and imploded you know, on, on itself. And those standards, you just don't see there anymore, I'm afraid to say. So you've got to feel that this has now run its course and the 49ers will take it their own way, whether that be in the Premier League or maybe it has to sort of, you know, I don't know, do it a little bit more, maybe not as accelerated as they're going to do if they drop into the championship. I don't think they're going to go away, but it does need something new because um, it's so far away from what it could have been. And it's so sad, Will. You know, everyone knows it's 16 years on outside the top flight, but the chance having finished ninth in that first year back in the Premier League to kick on the club and progress and develop the young talent, all that just seems to have gone or certainly stalled at best and that's being kind. Yeah, I, on a final note, I'm just kind of wondering, like in an obvious way, it's about preserving the status is why the owners right now have made this decision to uh, part ways of Gracian to make the change on a, a sporting level too. But has it been a case of this has been inevitable given the week a few weeks ago where 11 goals were conceded against Crystal Palace and against Liverpool? Was there a feeling on the ground there, Adam, that this was coming? Yeah, I think for at least a few weeks, I think um, it was a shock to see them concede the, the way they did against Crystal Palace. And a lot of people have pointed to that half time and there's all sorts of allegations, a big bust up and what have you. Stuff like that happens all the time between between teams and in football clubs. I don't think it was anything, anything near like what people suggested, but they wanted a focal point for the change. Um, so maybe not that game specifically being the one that they thought, oh, they've got to get rid of the head coach. 
But as soon after that, when you've got you know the drubbing off Liverpool, and then it just wasn't getting any better, then suddenly you think, oh, hang on, this isn't working at all. So, yeah, fans have wanted a change for a little while, having felt really comfortable with Javi at the beginning. What they have wanted a change about for longer was Victor Orta to go. And also they've pointed the fingers and, and voiced their concerns at the board for quite some time as well. So the call for change, Will, has been there for a long time. And now they're going to make two changes, not least with the director of football, but you know, tomorrow I'm sure they'll announce um, what's happening to Abby Graffia and then you'd expect that big, big Sam to come in. And what has the fans' frustration been with the board primarily? Because this feels like there's been a bit of unrest since... Bielsa actually left. Yeah, I mean, so there'll be the Bielsa widows that will always, you know, decry the move to remove him from his position. So, okay, if you try and part that to an extent, since then it's been mainly centred on poor recruitment and a poor style of play, to be quite honest. But also I think there's been a feeling that the board hasn't always conducted itself in the best way. You know, sometimes you look, you look at the, the the DMs on Twitter from the chairman um, as well, which was, uh, I can't use the language that was used, but uh, somebody posted a, a, a DM suggesting he was responsible for this, let's call it this awful mess and what have you. And there's been a weird sort of engagement or non-engagement with with supporters and and uh, and with the press at times, which has left everybody thinking, well, what are you doing? Who's taking responsibility for this? So there's, it's felt rudderless. It's felt like people have been hiding at times and ultimately just like a series of really poor decisions. I think even things like, you know, obviously the John Kevin Augustine thing I mentioned before. And also on a very simple way, people look at the accounts last year, record turnover, £189 million. You know, there's 51 of that is commercial revenues. You see this big global brand increasing, but they're still not making money well. Yeah. And and then they look at the wages being spent on players that aren't aren't doing it. And they look at the fees being paid on, on, on for players that, that aren't doing it. And suddenly they think, hang on. We're not sure. We're confident in, in the people that are running our club. And then you get some pretty, let's call it exotic behaviour from, say, Victor Orton, the way that he's had to go back at fans or, you know, try to take the credit for putting Leeds in the Premier League. If you remember seeing the video of him outside Brentford ahead of the uh, the game last year when they when they won to stay up in, in the Premier League and he was basically 16 years outside the Premier League, it's because of me that you're back there. And that sort of thing is, you know, much of people like the passion, the spirit, but calling out your own fans or having a go is, is not a good way to go. So um, overall, they feel embarrassed and they feel that they are the jokes of, 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 of football at the moment with, with what's going on. And I'll be quite honest, when you see them having to go for this sort of appointment, which is nowhere near in the sort of long-term planning that they that they were promising, then that only sort of exacerbates those feelings for football fans. Yeah, I think the fans have much more of a connection with Rafinha rather than those at board level after they set up last year. Adam, thanks a million for joining us on the Football Show. Pleasure, Will. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.